so thankful for that. That song is fitting for today. For today, I want to talk to you about moving from thanksgiving to thanksgiving and what that looks like, what that means according to the Word of God. This week, our nation has set aside a, a day to, um, in the upcoming week to um, celebrate the national holiday of Thanksgiving. Now, even though I can't wait to sit down to a big meal with my family, enjoy that time together, and then watch... Uh, the Lions get beat in a football game. You football fans know what I'm talking about. It's not Thanksgiving until every year the Lions get smoked on Thanksgiving. And so uh, I'm going to do all of that. I'm going to enjoy all of that. That's going to be a good time together. I've actually heard just yesterday I had two nephews that were practicing making banana pudding. And I'm hoping they brought their uncle some today. But if they didn't, maybe they've practiced up and are ready for this coming Thursday. And we're all going to enjoy that together. I, I like those things. And, and you ought to like that too. There's nothing wrong with enjoying all of that. Man, I look forward to it. Thanksgiving is my second favorite holiday. Christmas is always going to be number one. But I enjoy Thanksgiving. Man, what a blessing. It truly is uh, to come together with my family and the ones that I love and, and enjoy that time of Thanksgiving together. I, I enjoy that and I want you to enjoy it. But now listen to me. Thanksgiving for the believer ought to be celebrated more than just one day out of a year. Do you know that? Thanksgiving ought to be every day. And Thanksgiving for the believer, for the Christ follower, means more than just eating a meal and saying you're thankful. It, it goes much deeper than that according to the Word of God. Let me read to you something in Psalm 107, verses 21 through verse number 22. Look, look what this says. While you're turning there, I'm going to give you three statements about Thanksgiving that I believe to be true this morning. First of all, Thanksgiving um, is very important because it gives credit where credit is due. How many of you understand this morning that the Bible says in the book of James chapter 1 and verse number 17 that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights? If you believe it today, say amen. That means every good thing you've got, God gave it to you. All of it. You say, Rosa, what, what's the Bible mean, good things? Well, I'm glad you asked. The Bible, when it's talking about good things, means the food on your table, the shoes on your feet, the clothes on your back, the roof over your head. Listen, the job that he's blessed you with. All of the things that you consider good in your life, it's because God was gracious and gave those things to you. That's the good things God has given. I'm thankful this morning that we're in church together, that I'm not in children's hospital with one of my babies. Amen? That's a good thing. I'm thankful this morning that, listen, we're in a church service worshiping the Lord. We're not in a funeral service mourning our loved one. That's a good thing. All of these good things that God does for us on a day-to-day -day basis, listen to me, folks, uh, we, we must realize where that came from. Never forget all the good things you've got. You've got it because of your Father in heaven. But he goes further than that. He says every good and perfect gift. James 1.17. Every good and perfect gift. God has given some perfect gifts, not just good gifts. What are the perfect gifts that he's talking about? How do you know? The Bible says for all of those who've placed their trust in the finished work of Christ and have been born again into God's family, your relationship to God the Father has been made perfect. 
You are now an adopted son or daughter of God Himself. And that adoption came by way, not of your goodness, but of God's goodness, of the goodness of Christ. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, when I place my faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of my sin, listen, He takes away my sin, but also He imputes unto me His righteousness. So that now God no longer sees me as being in my sin, but He sees me as the righteousness of Jesus. And because of that, my relationship to Him is perfect. Now don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying I'm perfect. As long as we're in this flesh, we're never going to be perfect. As long as we're dealing with a sinful nature that we're all born with, we're never going to be perfect. That's why we need grace day by day. And I'm glad to know God's grace is sufficient for all of us. But as far as my relationship goes, that's settled. It's made perfect in Christ. That is because of God the Father's gift to us. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. So thanksgiving for the believer puts in perspective that we're giving credit where credit is due. Let me give you something else. A thankful person is a happy person. If you want to be around a a happy person, be around a a person that's thankful for what they've got. On the flip side, if you want to be around a miserable person, be around an ungrateful person who's not thankful for what they have. A thankful person is a happy person, let me tell you why, because they focus on what they've been blessed with and they don't focus on what they don't have. You know it's possible to be blessed beyond measure, and the truth is all of us are. Let me tell you how blessed you are. This morning, again, you got up with some good things. Any, anybody in here this morning wake up and you didn't have a roof over your head, anybody? What about when you went into your kitchen this morning to eat breakfast? I don't know about you, but when I open up my cupboards, they're usually so full. As a matter of fact, just this morning, I opened up the freezer on my refrigerator and stuff was just falling out of the freezer because we didn't have room enough to pack it all in there. And you know what I said? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you've blessed me and my family with food to eat. How about you? You've been blessed? How many of you got up this morning and you had to uh, um, look through your closet over and over and over and over again just to find something to wear? And it's just packed in there so tight, you ain't got room to put nothing else. That's the way mine is. Now, the truth is, I only wear about five hangerfuls. That's all I ever wear. I don't know what all that other stuff is. That's just the overflow of God's blessing is what it is. You said, now, now, we don't really realize that. And a lot of that we take for granted here because we are so stinking blessed. I remember when I was in Haiti, you would see nakedness every day, everywhere on wash day. You said, Reverend, what's wash day? Wash day happened two times a week. On Tuesday and on Thursday. On Tuesday and Thursday the government would turn loose the water that was in a basin up on the mountain and that water would run down through a ditch, a concrete ditch that went through all of the communities there at the base of the mountain in the place that we were ministering at. And on wash day, you would be riding through those communities going to do the work that we were doing and there'd be people naked everywhere. Let me tell you why they were naked. They were washing their clothes. And while they were washing, they didn't have anything else to put on. We don't understand just how blessed we are just to have the clothes on our back. 
the food in the cupboard. But now listen to me. When a person does realize the goodness of God and remains thankful for all the things that you have, listen, that's a happy person. That's a content person. It's possible to be extremely blessed and miss out on the blessing of God that is available for you every day simply because you're focusing on what you don't have or what you want and don't need. That's why the Bible says contentment, contentment with godliness is great gain. When you realize just how good you've got it and who gave it to you, that brings joy to your soul. Now the last part of that verse in James 1.17 says this, uh, that, um, Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That means God is continually faithful. That means God continues to do for me what I don't deserve, not because I'm good, but because He is. God continues to meet my need day by day and most of my wants day by day and blesses me upon time, upon time, upon time, upon time again, not because I'm faithful, but because He is faithful. He does not change. That's how good He is. A thankful person is a happy person. Let me tell you something else. A thankful person realizes just how rich they are. There's an old song that we used to sing. It's called Count Your Blessings. You remember it? Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And then it will surprise you what the Lord has done. I encourage you, especially, now not just in this week, not just on Thursday, but every day, especially this week though, let's count our blessing and remember just all the good things God has done for us is doing for us and what he's promised to do for us in the future. You'll see just how rich you are. In Psalm 107, verses 21 through 22, David says something here that blessed my soul when I read it. Then they cry, excuse me, verse number 21, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works, to the children of men and let them, watch this now, sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. So what's the psalmist telling us? He's saying that when you realize just how good God is and, and you become thankful, it's more than just saying it. There's some sacrifices of thanksgiving that needs to be done. Thanksgiving turns into thanks living. If the Bible, if you have your Bibles this morning, and I hope and pray that you do, you can flip over to 1 Peter chapter number 2 in verse number 9. 1 Peter 2 and 9, Peter says this, We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. Everybody see that? A royal priesthood. I don't know if you've ever seen a Baptist priest, but if you hadn't, you're looking at one. That's what I am. Now, I like what uh, I heard... Um, uh, Vance Pittman say one time, he said, I'm a priest that don't back, that don't uh, walk into his collar, he backs into it. And that, that's, that's true for me too. I don't walk into my collar, I back into my collar, but I am a priest. And if you're a child of God this morning, you too are a priest. The Bible says we are a part of a royal priesthood. And the priest in the Old Testament, their job was to offer sacrifices unto the Lord. 
So according to what Peter is saying in 1 Peter 2 and 9, and according to what the psalmist is saying in Psalm 107, 21 and 22, the Bible teaches that there should be sacrifices we are giving as priests in thanksgiving unto the Lord. Now I want to give you five of them this morning, straight from the Word of God, that we need to really just put a check by and we need to ask ourselves, are we doing these things daily so that we don't just say we're thankful, but we show we're thankful unto the Lord. Are we doing these things so that thanksgiving that we speak and sing about with our mouth shows up in our life? First thing that I want you to notice, turn our lights up, guys, is Romans chapter number 12 and verse number 1. I want to talk to you about, number one, the sacrifice of self or the sacrifice of our person. Romans 12 and verse number 1 is a very, very powerful verse of Scripture. If you don't have this verse underlined, uh, do so in your Bible. You need to know how to get back to this. Put a star by it. Memorize it. This is such good truth. Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. The living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Isn't that a great verse? Now what is Paul saying? Well, let's break the verse down. He says, first of all, I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. I'm doing everything I can to get you to understand that what we need to do as believers is offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. Paul is talking about the sacrifice of our person, the sacrifice of our own self. We give ourselves to the Lord. Now, why would we do that? Well, he tells us. You present yourself a living sacrifice. Watch this now. How or why? By the mercies of God. By the mercies of God. Do you realize this morning that it's only by the mercy of God that you've missed hell and gained heaven if you're a believer? Do you realize this morning that if all of us got what we deserve, then we get a devil's hell where we would be eternally separated from the God who loves us? Do you realize this morning if we got what we deserve, the Bible said we would be consumed. Matter of fact, it says in the book of Lamentations that the mercies of God are new every morning and without that we would all be consumed. Because of God's mercy. Let me define mercy for you. I've heard it said that grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. And that's right. God's undeserved favor toward us. Mercy, listen to me, is when God don't give us what we do deserve. And so really what Paul is saying, he's saying this. He's saying, we need to present our bodies unto the Lord. Why? Because God has shown us mercy. God has said, even though we were dead in trespasses and sins, even though we were in complete rebellion against the God of heaven, even though we were worthy of nothing but a devil's hell, God said, I love you so much, I'm going to show you mercy through my son Jesus. I'm going to put my son on the cross so that he can take the punishment for your sin. He can pay your sin debt there. And now all who trust in him, you no longer have to pay for your sins in hell. Now, you can be set free and have eternal life in Christ. Mercy. We all need mercy. 
heard a story one time about a little boy who was listening real close in Sunday school. He loved his Sunday school teacher, and his Sunday school teacher was making a difference. And she'd been telling him about mercy and grace. And the little boy was sitting by his mama while they was getting ready for Sunday school. One Sunday morning, her mama, his mama was putting on her makeup. She got her makeup all done. She looked over at her son. She said, son, this makeup just ain't doing me justice. And the little boy looked back at her and said, mama, you don't need justice. You need mercy. We all need mercy, don't we? Each and every one of us. And Paul is saying, once you realize as a believer that you've received the mercy of God, then it just makes sense. It's just a reasonable service that you present your body as a living sacrifice. Well, what is a sacrifice? A sacrifice is an act of worship, is it not? So what's Paul saying? We are to be living acts of worship, bringing honor and glory to God day by day by how we live. By the decision choices that we make. By the way we treat people. I'm going to tell you something. I get sick of hateful people. Don't you? Matter of fact, I try to steer clear of hateful people. I've come to find out I can choose who I spend my time with. Do you know that? You know you can't choose family. The family you've got is the family you've got. But guess what? I can choose who I spend my time with. And I, it just it bothers me to be around hateful people. Let me say this to you. If you claim the name of Jesus, you shouldn't be a hateful person. That's not at all. Not at all what God has promised to you and called you to. Listen to me. A living sacrifice is a living act of worship unto the Lord. The only problem, Dr. J. Vernon McGee says, of a, with a living sacrifice is that sometimes the sacrifice tries to crawl off the altar. That is so good. I see that in my own life. I see that there are times when I make a choice to walk in the flesh rather than the spirit. I see there are times in my own life when I fall to temptation and do things I know are not pleasing unto the Lord. And what's happening in that moment is that living sacrifice trying to crawl off the altar. Trying to do his own thing. Do you know in the Old Testament when they offered up these sacrifices, the sacrifice was bound to the altar? You can see that all throughout the book of, of, of Leviticus when they're describing how the sacrifices were to be done. The sacrifice had to be bound to the altar. Why? Because the sacrifice was slippery and many times it would fall off. And so what they would do, they would put flesh hooks into that sacrifice, tied to the altar while it was being burnt and offered unto the Lord. So they'd stay there. Now, how are we going to tie ourselves to the altar? Well, I'll tell you how devotion. Devotion. Are you devoted to the things of God? Are you committed to the cause of Christ? Warren Wiersbe once said that 
Commitment and playing a part are two separate things. He said, if you don't believe it, just pay attention to your breakfast table. He said, on the breakfast table, you've got eggs and you've got bacon and you've got ham and you've got sausage and you've got all that. He said, on that breakfast table, you see the difference between playing a part and being committed. He said, on that breakfast table, the chicken played a part. That old pig was committed. He was willing to give all. And that's what God wants from us. Complete devotion unto him. I've heard it said that if Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. That's right. There's an old hymn song that I want to read to you this morning. It's on page 145 of your white hymnal, but it says, Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would He devote that sacred, would He devote, would He devote that sacred head? Would He devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? What's the writer saying here? He's saying that Jesus devoted all to us by offering Himself up at the cross. Was it for crimes that I had done, he groaned upon that tree? Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree? Well, might the sun in darkness hide and shut his glories in? When Christ the mighty maker died for man, the creature's sin. But drops of grief can ne'er repay the debt of love I owe, the debt of love I owe. Watch what he says here. Here, Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. What's he saying? In complete devotion, I'm giving myself to Jesus because Jesus gave all for me. The sacrifice of self. The sacrifice of our very person. It's no longer what I want, but what God wants. It's no longer my plan, but God's plan. We must be like Isaiah said in Isaiah 6. Lord, here am I. Send me. I want to do what you want. I want to be what you want. We are bought and paid for with the precious blood of Jesus. We are no longer our own. If you believe it, say amen today. The sacrifice of our person, that's a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Let me give you something else. So how about the sacrifice of praise? Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 15. Now watch what the scripture tells us here. Very important, very powerful verse. Hebrews 13. Verse number 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Praise is a sacrifice, an act of worship we give unto the Lord. So how do we praise? Do you know that when we come into a worship service like this, that's what we're here for, for to worship? I've told you this before, I'm going to keep telling you. Folks, the song service that we have when we're singing these praises unto the Lord, that's not just the segue from the opening prayer to the preaching time. We're not killing time there. You've got to focus in that moment of actually giving a sacrifice of praise. Focus on who Jesus is, focus on what Jesus has done, and give Him the praise that He deserves. He's the only one worthy of our worship. He's the only one worthy of our praise because the Bible says there is no other name under heaven whereby men might be saved except the name of Jesus. 
So when we come together, let's praise Him. Offer Him the sacrifice of praise with our lips. So important that we do that. You say, brother, you just don't know how I sing. I can't sing. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. You don't want me singing. I don't even think God wants me singing. You're wrong. Listen, if you wait until you can sing before you enjoy the benefit of praise, you're going to miss out on a whole lot of, of great worship before the Lord. To wait till you can, to not sing because you can't sing is like not eating because you can't cook. Hey, I can't cook. Really nothing except on the grill. But I'm not going to wait until I can cook before I enjoy the benefit of eating. When this woman cooks, I eat it. And I praise God for it. I ain't got to cook the meal to enjoy the blessing. And you don't have to sing like a, a bird to enjoy the blessing of praise. All that God requires of us is a joyful noise. Can you say amen? You say, well, praise God, brother, that's all I can give. That's all I can give too. And I'm going to give it. I'm not going to miss out on the blessing of praise because I can't sing like maybe somebody else can, and you shouldn't either. That's what God is saying. Listen, our, our, our praise is for an audience of one. Folks, I'm not singing for you, and I ain't singing to you. I'm singing unto the Lord. Years ago, I was, I've told you, man, praise. L let me give you a good quote on praise that, that I heard just this past week, matter of fact. Praise does not commence in the house of God. Praise simply continues in the house of God. Don't wait till you get to church to praise. M me and my son... The other day was riding down the road, actually going to the gym. And there was a song come on the radio. And I'm telling you, that young man was sitting over there just singing his heart out unto the Lord. And I thought, thank you. I, I sat over there and just worshiped with praise Jesus. Young man, listen to me now. Not afraid or ashamed to sing praise to the Lord before his dad. Bless my soul. You don't have to wait till you're in a church service to do that. I know a little girl who sings every night in the shower. I'm telling you, one of the greatest times of my day is laying in my bed, praising the Lord along with her as she sings in the shower, praises unto Jesus. She has always been a fan of Brother Scotty. And every time Brother Scotty would come out with a, with a new worship song for us and she heard it on the radio, since she's a little bitty girl, she'd say, Scotty sings that. We'd be riding down the road. She'd hear that song, Scotty sings that. Because she had been in church and heard Scotty sing it, she'd get in the, she'll get in the shower still at home at night right now. And I know... Uh, I, she's, uh, she, she's in my, my bath, bathroom taking a shower about 10 feet away from me and I hear that sweet praise going up to the Lord and I just say thank you Jesus don't wait till you get to church continue as you get to church and they got that from their dad to a large degree years ago I was riding in my truck at work 
My partner was with me. One of my favorite songs. Come on the radio. Feels like I'm born again. Y'all remember that song? One of my favorite songs ever. By one of my favorite groups of the group Third Day. They were singing that man. I was singing along with it. It was just one of those times when the Spirit of God just, it's like it rested in that moment. Now, the brother that was with me, he's not a believer. You know, didn't know the Lord at that time. The one that was with me, he didn't, didn't know Jesus. And I was just singing, man, having a good time before the Lord. I'm telling you, we had church for about three minutes in that, in that truck, just me and that young man and Jesus. And after I got finished singing, he looked over at me and he said, let me ask you something, who sings that song? I said, man, that's Mac Powell from Third Day. That's one of my favorite groups. He said, let Mac Powell sing it then. <laughs> he, didn't <laughs> he didn't enjoy it near as much as I did. That's all right, though. I wasn't singing for him. You understand what I'm saying? Give the Lord the sacrifice of praise. Amen. Let me give you something else. The sacrifice of your person, the sacrifice of your praise. L listen to this. How about the sacrifice of your prayer? Your prayer. Look in Hebrews 13, verse number 16. He says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices of God is well pleased. Now, what does it mean? Now, instead of, I told you we're going to do prayer next. I want to do um, not prayer, but possessions, because that's really what he's talking about here. He says, we are to communicate with others, and, and as we communicate with others, then we're offering sacrifices unto the Lord. Now, what does the word communicate mean? Does that mean you, you call them up on the telephone? Well, it can mean that. Does that mean you, you, you text them? Well, it can mean that. Does that mean you have a conversation with them? Well, it can mean that. But in this moment, it doesn't mean that. To communicate, uh, if you read it in the Amplified, and that's what I want to do for you this morning, it, the, the verse reads like this. Do not forget or neglect to do kindness and good and be generous and distribute and contribute to the needy. Let me tell you what, what excites me so much about this right here. What do, let me tell you what we're doing. We're communicating. We're distributing to the needy in the name of Jesus all over the world. And what we're doing, listen, we're serving the Lord with an open hand. We realize that all we've got is God's. A lot of people get so um, up in the air, all up in the air about giving God 10%. Let me tell you something. You won't have a problem with that when you come to the place you realize 100% of it's God's. All of it's His. All of it's His. But He does require us to give tithes and offerings. Really the tithe, the 10%, that's just the ground floor. That's just where you start. It's not the ceiling, it's the floor. You start with the tithe and then you give offerings above and beyond that tithe. That's what this is. It's an offering given unto the Lord. Listen to me now. And as, or excuse me, given unto the Lord, and, and we're doing it, uh, listen, into the lives of people. And the Bible says that becomes ultimately a sacrifice to God because, folks, how many of you know you show your love to God by loving people? That's how He shows His love by loving people. So this becomes a sacrifice unto the Lord as we communicate what we've been blessed with, with others.
We give our possessions. Serve the Lord with an open hand. Keep serving the Lord with an open hand. Jesus said it like this. He said, give and it shall be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Somebody say amen if that's true for you. You know what's true in your life. Dr. David Jeremiah says it like this. He says, we give to God with our little bit teaspoon, then he gives back to us with his big old shovel. And he's right. He gives back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over when we choose to freely give to him, giving with joy. Giving because we want to, not because we have to. Giving because we love Jesus, love people. So offer the sacrifice of your person, yourself. Offer, offer the sacrifice of praise. Offer the sacrifice, folks, of prayer. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, chapter number 5, that the prayers of the saints are like incense that go up into heaven. Now let's, let's, let's keep with the idea that we started with, that we are all royal priests in the family of God, in the ministry uh, of the church. We are a royal priesthood. Well, in the Old Testament, let me tell you what the priests would do. They would burn incense in the tabernacle in the morning, and they would burn incense in the tabernacle at night. And, and the Bible says that incense went up to heaven like a sweet-smelling savor. Well, you fast forward to Revelation chapter 5, and you see that the prayers of the saints are like a sacrifice of incense that reaches all the way to the heaven into the nostrils of God. A sweet-smelling savor. Let me ask you something. Are you offering the sacrifices of praise in morning and in evening? Are you staying in a continual attitude of prayer? Are you taking time to spend time in prayer unto the Lord? If you're not, folks, you're missing out on the greatest privileges you can ever experience as a child of God. Do you realize the Bible says I can come boldly to the throne of grace to find, to find help in my time of need? Do you realize any time I choose I can go into the Holy of Holies and ask the Lord to help me in my situation? And you can too. You can too. Offer the sacrifice of praise. Let me give you the last one. Offer the sacrifice of purity, of a pure life. Take your Bibles, turn to Psalm 51, and we're finished. I want to read to you one verse there. Psalm 51. Verse number 17. This is what David says here. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O oh God, thou wilt not despise. So David says plainly here that a sacrifice we give to the Lord is a broken and a contrite spirit. You say, Russell, what in the world has I got to do with purity? Well, you've got to read the whole chapter to find that out. See, David had sinned before the Lord. He had sinned with Bathsheba. He committed adultery. Then he committed murder to, her, to cover it up. Then he lied about all of it for about a year. Until God sent the prophet 
his man Nathan to confront David over the whole thing. And this was written after Nathan the prophet come to confront David. In Psalm 51, David begins to realize that he has sinned against the Lord. Do you know ultimately all of our sin is against the Lord? It's offensive to the Lord. Yeah, we hurt other people with our actions, with our sin. Not only does what we do affect us, but it affects others. But ultimately, it's against the Lord we sin. Because He's the authority in the universe. Amen? And so David comes to the place where he says, Lord, it's against you and you alone that I've sinned. And he goes on to say, it's like you've broken my bones on the inside. Let me tell you what that is. Holy Spirit conviction. Holy Spirit conviction is not a bad thing. It's a blessed thing. It's a great thing. It's evidence that you truly are a child of God. Because God always chastises his own. And so what's happening here with David needs to happen with us. He realizes he sinned against the Lord and then in brokenness he repents with a broken spirit and a a contrite heart. And David said, Lord, you're not going to turn away from that. That's a sacrifice on the Lord. Listen, becoming pure before him. Getting what's wrong right before him. Getting the unconfessed sin out of our life before Him because it's that sin that steals our joy and robs us of the abundant life that Jesus has promised. These are all five sacrifices of thanksgiving that we don't just do one day a year, but we need to be doing them every day. That's what the Bible's talking about in Psalm 107 when it says offer sacrifices of thanksgiving. All of these different, maybe there's more, but these are at least five that we know in the Word of God that we need to put into practice daily in our lives. Everybody stand together. What's going on with you? He knows. He sees. There's nothing we can hide from Him. Nothing. This is the good news, though. Even though He knows us better than we know ourselves, even though He sees all, He still loves you. He still loves you. And He still offers to you and to me mercy and grace. To all who receive it. Isn't that good? And because he's so gracious, so good, and so loving, he'll forgive you of your sin and not hold it against you. The Bible says he chooses not to remember our sin. That's a good God. But now listen to me. You've always heard it said, God loves you just like you are. That's right, he does. But let me give you more to that. There's more to that story. God loves you just like you are, but he loves you too much to leave you like he finds you. 
What God will do to all who trust in Him is begin the process of sanctification to cause you to become what He has created you to be. And that's a work that's in all of us as believers right now. So if you're here this morning and you've not yet trusted in Jesus, God loves you right where you are, but He loves you too much to leave you where you are. He wants to do something amazing in your life. He wants to make you a new creation. Can you say amen? (laughs) Something that's never been before. And He can do that. The first step is trusting in Him by faith. By faith, or by grace through faith, the Bible says we are saved. Today, if you'll trust Him, He'll save you. Today, as a child of God, you may have looked at these five things just like I have in the Word of God and seen in some places where you've been lacking. If so, let's get that right and be about the business of thanksgiving, not just celebrating Thanksgiving one time a year. However you need the Lord, this invitation is for you.